Happy Sabbath. About three years ago, our church took a mission trip to Cambodia. Where's our Cambodia mission team? Raise your hand if you went there. There are about 50 of us who went. Yes. So, all of us, we um, arrived at Phnom Penh, and we did a work there for the weekend, and we all drove to the mid-Cambodia, and we were there for about five days to do some mission work. We, we built some um, outhouses, we, we built, uh, we treated a lot of people, we, uh, there were, we did a lot of dental work, uh, medical work there. And then for the weekend, we went to Siam Reap, uh, which is famous for Angkor Wat. There's a very famous temple there. Uh, we're there for like a little bit of sightseeing. We uh, visited a school there and whatnot. And then we were leaving, but before we left, we decided to go shopping. Now, we went shopping twice. We're supposed to go there, go shopping once, but we decided that when we arrived at the airport, we had about three to four hours so some of us, hey, can we go shopping again? There's a big, huge marketplace. So we decided that um, some of us who want to go shopping, we went shopping. Um, I went there, and I saw a beautiful North Face backpack. Okay? And I'm like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy that backpack. And some people are like, Pastor, don't buy it. It's It's fake. It's not real North, North, North Face backpack. And someone said, Pastor, I heard that they used to have a, a North Face factory in Cambodia. So that actually might be real. So people are telling me different things. So I went there, like, hey, how much is that um, North Face backpack? And the guy who was selling it looked at me and said, it's $30. But sir, for you, I'll give it to you for 25 what do you think I did? My wife would have been like, thank you, here's $25. No. <laughs> I was like, you can do better. I'm not paying, I'm not paying $25, $25 for that. So he said, I'll give it to you for $20. And I looked at him and I said, $10. <laughs> it's like, what? $10. We went to $15, I was like, 10 13, 10. And I said, finally, the price I want to pay for the backpack, $12. So I gave him 12 American dollars and I bought my North Face backpack. I used it twice and it broke. <laughs> Literally. Twice, but one, like one real trip, and the thing completely uh, fell apart. It was definitely fake. <laughs> Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful and wonderful Sabbath. As we open the Bible, open our hearts also. In Jesus' name, amen. How much would you pay for a North Face backpack? I actually have no idea how much a real North Face backpack would cost. I'm certain that it's not $12. I 
How much would you spend for a, for a car? How much would you pay for a suit or a, or a dress? There is a price for it. In fact, there is a cost for everything. And we don't always pay for it with money. Sometimes the cost is your time, uh, your, your energy, or simply things which have value. What does it cost to get an A in a very tough class? What is the price you need to pay to get through your school? And I don't mean your enormous loan. There's also your hard work or sacrifice you must make. Today, the question I want each and every one of us to ponder is, what is the cost of following Jesus? What is the price you're paying to follow Jesus? Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. I'll read it for you. Then he said to them, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. In today's passage, Jesus says, Whoever wants to be my disciples or or be like me, Or follow me, number one, deny yourself. Number two, take up your cross. And number three, follow me. All of these, according to verse 24, describe further as losing your life. And that translates into giving our life to Jesus. Number one. Deny yourself. Loma Linda Church, what does it mean to deny yourself? It doesn't sound good, does it? I mean, who wants to deny yourself? Nobody's gonna, like, deny myself? Me, sign me up. Deny self requires us to give up Anything that we would want or seek that would hinder from doing the will of God. This does not mean that if we want something, it is necessarily wrong. It means we must take our wants and desires and replace them with Jesus and His will. So the governing power in my life is no longer my wants and my desires, but the will of God. We learn about this in relationships. In marital relationships, it's all about denying what I want and seek what my wife desires. Okay? Not just my relationship, you too. Okay? Don't think too much about what pleases me and find out do what pleases my husband. If you continue to do whatever pleases you, I guarantee you're going to have a rocky marriage. 
For Mother's Day one year, our family went on a hike. Okay, we went on hiking to uh, the Hollywood sign in LA downtown. And we had a great day, our whole family. It was just a few years ago. Uh, and after that, all of us went to eat some really good Korean barbecue. After the trip, a lot of our church members heard about it, and they got really upset with me. And I got grilled. And I'm like, what do you mean? I took my whole family, we, we enjoyed the whole day. And they said, Pastor, but your wife is vegetarian. <laughs> and I said, they had rice and free stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, how could you do that? Well, my bad, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's true, she didn't eat that much that day. That was a bad decision, okay? It shouldn't be about what I want to eat all the time. I get it. Now I know. But if I continue to do things like that, I won't have a relationship. Healthy couples think about what the other person wants and desires. Healthy relationships always seek the other person's interest. That's denying myself. People who have healthy relationships with Jesus seek what God desires and what pleases, what pleases Jesus and what Jesus is interested in. It's no longer about what pleases me, but about what pleases God. Number two, take up your cross. Many think this means bearing burdens and suffering hardships for God. Well, yes, surely such hardships will at times be required, but there's a fuller meaning if we consider the context. If you think about it, what is a cross for? What is a cross for? It was not just a burden to be born. Far more than that, it was an instrument of death and total sacrifice. Jesus said, take up our cross and follow him. But where was Jesus going? If we follow Jesus with his cross, where is Jesus going? Jesus was going to his death. So if we take up our cross and follow Jesus, we are following Jesus to Calvary. Following Jesus to the cross, to his death. So taking up your cross refers to giving your life to God. Giving your life to God. It means we need to lay our life to God. It means giving giving myself to God as a living sacrifice. So this involves bearing burdens, but it is deeper than that. It is a total dedication of life. Our whole life must be given to his service in anything he says. You know, it's hard. It's it's heavy, right? 
total surrender of my life? Did you ever, did you ever think, that, think that only pastors had to give their life to God? We know that missionaries do. Man, we don't know how they do it, but they do, right? Loma Linda Church, Jesus calls you, each and every one of you. Can you do that? Because Jesus is calling you to lay your life at the cross. Luke actually adds something to this. What does the Bible say exactly? It says, take up your cross daily. There's a sense in which Christians must give their lives to God every day. Every day. Loma Linda Church, you have heard me say this before, okay? I believe that there's a reason, there's a reason why human beings need to sleep every day. And there's a reason why the Bible teaches us that sleep is like death. I believe that every time, every night we go to sleep and wake up, we should experience spiritual death and life. So every day when you go to sleep, every morning you wake up, it is a reminder that God has our death and life, and our life and death all belong to God. So every morning you wake up. How should you wake up? You wake up saying, hallelujah. Okay? Every morning you you look at your your wife or husband. Hallelujah, it's morning. That's how we all should wake up. This day belongs to God. My life and death all belong to God. Number three, Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. To follow Jesus, there is a price to pay. Jesus said in verse 58, the same same chapter, said, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. In verse 59, Jesus calls someone, follow me. But the man responds, "Uh, can I bury my father first? Another responds, can I say goodbye to my family first? And Jesus is not very happy with these responses. Why? Doesn't Jesus care for families? You see, we have to try to understand Jesus' intention here. The thing is, being a Christian or following Jesus is more than simply learning about Jesus. It's not just about learning about the Bible or reading the Bible. We have to put things in action. And when we do that, there is a price to pay. It involves following him where he goes and how he does things. Simply put, living as he lived his life. Following Jesus is like living my life as Jesus lived his life. Jesus is not saying there will never be time when you have a bed and pillow and a roof. He's not saying 
I don't want you to ever care about your family. The point of all these tough words as Jesus interacts with different people is not to create laws that all disciples have to keep. Thou shall give all your money. Thou shall go without, um, uh, without a bed. Thou shall go without a funeral for your family. Thou shall live a miserable life. No. The point is that, that Jesus knows everyone's idol. You know, if you think about it, this is actually a very scary thought. Jesus knows our hearts, so Jesus knows everyone's idol. There was a man who came to Jesus, and this man really wanted to learn from Jesus. But Jesus didn't really want to teach him anything. Instead, Jesus actually called him to follow him. Just like he called all the other disciples. Jesus looked at him and said, sell all your possessions and follow me. The calling was the same. You see, Jesus already knew his heart. And Jesus asked him to abandon his idol Pay the price he needs to pay to follow Jesus. Lomar in the church. Jesus knows perfectly what is competing in your heart. He looks every one of us and sees right to our heart. He knows our idol. What we truly cherish in our hearts. Jesus is saying, you can't be too attached to your possessions. You can't be too comfortable with your home and your security. You can't be too attached to your family either. We know exactly what Jesus means by this, right? Of course, family is very important, and Jesus wants us to have a healthy and and happy and um, a holy family. But don't let your family, especially for some of us parents, your children become your idols. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Man, when it comes to our children, we love our children so much that we're willing to do anything for them except we don't feel the same way about God. We don't have the same willingness about God. The issue is, do you want Christ above all else? Do you want to follow him more than anything? Loma Linda Church, what what has your faith cost you? What has your faith cost you? American Christianity is sweet, loving, and prosperous. Okay? We don't, we don't need to be scared or, or hide to worship God. Nobody's going to persecute us for, or, or kill us for practicing our faith. We're not troubled or distressed because of our faith. 
Okay, maybe, maybe some of us, maybe some of us have some really annoying co-workers who, who look down on us because we go to church. Maybe, maybe you feel conflicted because all your friends party, uh, or, or you feel conflicted because, because um, your friends want to go out to eat before sundown. Or some of us are not even conflicted about those things. But here's my question. Have you ever read the book of Acts? The New Testament church was birthed out of conflict. The preaching of the gospel was a costly venture. Paul wrote two-thirds of his, Paul wrote two-thirds of New Testament and most of it from jail. Faith cost the disciples and apostles their lives. Check this out. Matthew suffered a martyrdom in Ethiopia. He was killed by a sword. Mark died in Egypt after being dragged by horses through the street until he was dead. Luke was hanged in Greece. James was thrown over a hundred feet down from one of the temples. James, the son of Zebedee, was beheaded. Andrew was crucified in Greece on an X-shaped cross. Peter was crucified upside down. Thomas got stabbed by spears in India. Matthias, the apostle who replaced the, the, the one who betrayed Jesus, Judas, was stoned and then beheaded. Bartholomew, or, or, or also known as Nathaniel, was martyred for his preaching in Armenia where he was flayed to death by a whip. All these people paid costly price for their faith. What have you paid for your faith? Pastor Rick Warren said this, What has faith cost you? If everybody who followed Jesus was put in prison, listen to this, if everyone who followed Jesus was put in prison, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, if being a Christian was illegal in America, would they find enough evidence to convict you? Or... When somebody looks at you, oh, you're free to go. I don't see any evidence that you follow Christ. Or would they say, oh, that guy, Richard Lee, he lives in Loma Linda. You need to arrest him. What has your faith cost you? This is a serious matter. This is a serious matter. Here's another way to ask this, okay? At what cost would you stay faithful to Jesus? Verse 24 said, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. I don't think Jesus is asking all of us to die for him. I really don't. Especially those of us who, 
us who live in Loma Linda area, come on. We're not going to be persecuted. We're not going to be killed for our faith. In fact, because you live in Loma Linda, you know what? You'll probably live 150 years. Okay? For us, Loma Linda Church, he's, he's not asking us to die. He asks us to live. Remember that? About a month ago, I, I talked about this. Most of us here, here in this church in Loma Linda, okay, we're not going to face persecution for our faith. Jesus doesn't ask us to die for him. He asks us to live for him until we die. Yes, some people lost their lives because they wanted to live for God. Can you imagine? Can you imagine churches just full of people who gave their lives to God? Like, like community of faith just unstoppable for God. You know what I mean? Unstoppable for God. A church filled with people, just people who are filled with followers of God. Can you imagine a church like that? Filled with people who are willing to pay the price. Unstoppable. But you know what the reality is? Not many churches have those. This is actually a sad reality. So check this out. I feel like a lot of churches are very stoppable. We're like totally stoppable. Like for example, um, just have the pastor leave. He was a really good, he was a really good speaker. And then the second one comes and who's not as good, people leave. Cut the budget, then ministry dies. People leave because, oh, you know, I don't really like the one guy. So, you know, I'm just going to the church. Seriously? It's like, oh, you changed the service time? I don't have to go to another church. Come on. No m a t t e in the church. If If it were not true, it it would be funny, right? I know most of us, we've been coming to church all our life. So here's a question. What has your faith cost you? There's a story told from many years ago about a woman in England, okay? Okay? This lady who lived in England, um, there was a doorbell, so she, so she went and opened the door, and this old lady, completely soaked because there's so much rain and it was all very wet out there, completely soaked out there, and the lady said, pardon me, madam, that's my English accent, by the way, um, <laughs> I'm completely soaked, all wet. You know, the weather's terrible outside, but I don't have an umbrella. So, so can I please, can I please borrow one of your umbrellas? Um, of course, 
I'll, I'll bring it back tomorrow. That's my English accent again. Anyway, um, the, the lady of the house looked at this old lady completely soaked and she feels bad, but she's thinking, I don't know her and I don't even know if she's going to bring my umbrella back, but uh, maybe I should help. So she's thinking, oh, what should I do? What should I do? And then she saw several umbrellas that she had right behind the door and then she thought, oh, I'm just going to give her the old one because you know, it's kind of broken, but it'll work and, and you know, it doesn't really work well, but I don't know if she's going to ever bring my nice umbrellas back. So she gave it to her. Next day, next day, there was a limousine outside. And this gentleman comes back in. And he said, here's your umbrella. He was returning the umbrella. And he said, in British accent, I'm not going to say in British accent anyway, <laughs> um, by the way, he said, here's your umbrella. I'm just gonna, the queen wants to return it. The lady received the umbrella and she thought, had I known, had I known this was the queen of England, I would have given her the best umbrella I have. Do you give Jesus your best? You know, I don't even know if this is a true story or a parable. But the lesson is quite clear. Do you give Jesus your best? So this is the application part. After all that being said today, to me, This is the takeaway. I want to follow Jesus. I want my life to be about, uh, uh, not about me, but, but about Jesus. I want to take up my cross daily and follow Jesus, okay? Like, okay, I want to give my life to Jesus. I am willing to pay the cost to follow Jesus. If that's you, Okay, I don't know where you are spiritually, okay? I don't know where you are. But today, somehow God is speaking to your heart. And you feel like, God, that's me. I want to follow Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is you today, then here's the application. Start giving your best to Jesus. Start giving best to Jesus. Not my old umbrella, but my best umbrella. Jesus can see our heart. It doesn't mean My spiritual life has to be perfect, okay? It means that my faith is going to cost me something. My faith is going to cost me something. In fact, it may cost a lot. But I want my Jesus to have my best. Let us pray.
Lord Jesus, look at Loma Linda Church, Lord. Look at all these hearts and you can see through us. There are people right now who are making decisions. I love God, I love Jesus, and I want to follow Him. And the cost that I need to pay to follow Him, I want to pay. And help them, Father. Encourage them and give them strength to take the first step and begin to give you the best I have. So that my life, I don't just come to church and still marginalize you in my life. But bringing you to the center of my life. Lord, help this community of faith to be an unstoppable community filled with people who follow Jesus Christ. Help us to see that my faith, my faith I have in my life, it costs me something. In Jesus' name.